And welcome back to the Tuesday edition of Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I am your Tuesday and Thursday host, Shem Hanks. Now, we're not on Victory Monday, but it's Victory Tuesday for me. I don't get to talk with you earlier in the week, so I'm going to go ahead, give you a couple thoughts from the game on Sunday against Tampa Bay, and then we'll dive into some news, some notes from both the Saints and from around the league. All right, so with that, let's get started. First things first, massive win. Great win for the organization. Really a great bounce back game. I was sifting through some of the next gen stats and a couple of things stood out for me. One is that Drew Brees is 7-0 in his last seven games following a game in which he threw zero passing touchdowns. It's obviously last week, not a great game against Atlanta. He had no touchdowns. What do you do? You're a true competitor. You bounce back. You rise above that. You recognize that Tampa Bay has a soft secondary. You go hog wild, throw against them. Though when I say he's going hog wild, something else that stands out to me is something I was talking about last week, where you're seeing Drew not really test the defense down the field. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's still injury. But... They are not making any sort of deep throws on offense whatsoever. When I say deep, I mean uh, between the 10 and the 20 down the field. However, from 10 yards out to the line of scrimmage, Drew Brees was nearly unstoppable against that soft Tampa Bay secondary. Drew went 25 for 27 and a touchdown from the line of scrimmage to 10 yards out just dominating those underneath routes. And that's Michael Thomas territory. That's Alvin Kamara territory. Jared Cook can certainly make plays there. Big athletic tight end. However, down the field, past that 10-yard mark, not great. But, hey, in this game, you didn't have to test the defense. Keep the ball moving. Get to third and manageable situations. Make plays. And then leave it up to your defense to force Jameis Winston to make terrible decisions, which, of course, he obliged and made terrible, terrible choices. Held on to the ball for too long, allowed the Saints defense to get sacks, to get coverage sacks, and then, oh yeah, threw four interceptions. Let's talk about that for a second, where the Saints defense had four interceptions against Tampa Bay, and, piece of trivia, That was the first time that the Saints defense has had a four-interception game since Week 15 of 2012 against Tampa Bay. A concerning note and a trend that hopefully gets broken against Carolina has been Alvin Kamara has yet to score a touchdown from scrimmage, passing, rushing, over the last five games. The Saints offense has to figure out a way to get Kamara into the end zone. And for Kamara, you also got to take some responsibility and make some plays, try to get yourself into the end zone. You're one of the superstars. You're one of the great playmakers. Goes both ways. Got to make plays. The real star of this game was backup left guard Nick Easton. At this point, you guys have probably all heard about Nick Easton. Last week, we were talking about Pete going down. Will Clapp came in, was the backup in the game last week against the Falcons. But Coach Payton, he went with Nick Easton, who 
They gave they gave some money to. They gave him a four year, twenty two and a half million dollar contract this offseason. Not bad for an undrafted guy out of Harvard who is in his fourth season. But we will get into his contract a little bit later just because I find it a little bit intriguing. According to Pro Football Focus, Nick Easton was the best Saints player on offense. He was credited with an 83.5 overall mark according to their system. And at least in terms of uh, uh, baseball, he really threw a no-hitter in that in 37 snaps that he logged, the Buccaneers' pass rush had zero quarterback pressures allowed against him. Once again, this is probably the last time I'll say this, the Tampa Bay front seven has been very stout this entire year. And so when I see 37 snaps and then zero quarterback pressures allowed against him, that's incredible. Nick Easton is making a case that he can be a long-term answer at guard should the Saints decide to move on from Pete this offseason as he is in his contract year. And also a great story. Easton was straight up a healthy scratch in six of the Saints' first nine games. And to be a healthy scratch, to come in as a starter, facing a variety of different pass rushers coming at you from Tampa Bay, also helping that running game get going a little bit more than against Atlanta for sure. Incredible. Hats off to you, Nick Easton. And at least for this year's price tag at $2.5 million for this year, he's making more than Ryan Ramshack. He's making more than PJ Williams. He's making more than Marcus Williams. He's making more than Kiko Alonso and Von Bell. So I actually expect you to be playing at an elite level when you're getting paid more than those guys. Continue the good work. Make plays against Carolina. Something that I'm certainly going to be watching going forward against Carolina is what's going on with Marcus Davenport. He played 23 snaps. Uh, Packup Trey Hendrickson was playing 34 snaps. That's not exactly what you want to see from Marcus Davenport, which the defense did have to adjust. Coach Payton came out and said that the defense spent a lot of their time in sub-packages. And when you're in those sub packages, they wanted to go with Hendrickson instead of Marcus Davenport. Obviously, we all want to see Davenport out snapping Hendrickson, though understanding game script that Tampa Bay was thrown from behind for pretty much all the game, it is understandable why the Saints went with Hendrickson. It does make me raise an eyebrow over how the Saints are viewing Marcus Davenport's pass rushing development. Hopefully he's just on a bit of a slow track. He is a prototypical D-end, and so we will certainly be watching his snap count going forward. Marshawn Lattimore obviously missed the game and will be monitoring his status as injury reports come out. And as such, talking about it last week, the Saints had to make plays on defense against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and a player that's stepped up immensely this season in the secondary has been Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams has certainly been one of the best Saints defensive players was making big plays in that secondary. Same with Von Bell. Right now for me 
Von Bell and Cameron Jordan are neck and neck for who is the defensive MVP for this team. To me, it's between them and then Demario Davis is right behind them and behind him is Marcus Williams. Those four have been the leaders on defense so far this year. And I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that this team will go as far as this defense can take him. We know the ability that the offense has, but man, there's some good teams in the NFC this year. And that defense is going to have to step up. They're going to have to make big-time plays week after week leading into the playoffs and beyond. And with those four playing the way they are right now, it's no surprise that the Vegas odds are currently Patriots, Saints, in the Super Bowl. That was my preseason prediction. I should put some money on it in Vegas. Ah, well, live and learn. Josh Hill left the game with a concussion. He's had multiple concussions over his career. So the Saints are going to be taking a cautious approach this week and most likely beyond. We'll see how the week develops. We'll also be looking at Deontay Harris to see his progression back from injury. Taysom Hill had a a rough go of it as the kick returner filling in for Harris. To be honest with you, Taysom Hill had a rough game all around. He might be my favorite player to watch on this team, and tough to see him struggling a bit in this game. Today, the Saints brought in Curtis Aikens out of Memphis University for a workout, so we'll see what progresses there. It is interesting to see them bringing in another linebacker. He led Memphis in tackles in 2017 as well as 2018. He broke that century mark in 2018, got 100 exactly, but spent the summer with the Cincinnati Bengals and, yeah, working out with the Saints. Clearly, they see that they need some additional depth at linebacker going forward. A.J. Klein, Kiko Alonso, Demario Davis seem to be playing pretty well, but adding some additional depth behind them isn't the worst thing. So with it being Tuesday, everyone's putting out their power rankings for the week. And there definitely is a national bias where for some reason the Saints aren't getting the type of love or respect or recognition or notoriety as they should be. We all watch this team play. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are watching a lot of the other teams play as well. This team clearly can compete with anyone. I think that there is some residual effects from losing to the Falcons the way they did last week. Though, hey, the Falcons decided to show up for the season over the last two weeks. So maybe that loss won't look as bad if the Falcons actually win some more games. Uh, Let's just run through a couple of them where... ESPN has the Saints at 6th, USA Today has them at 3rd, Yahoo has them at 4th, CBS is at 5th, and Bleacher Report is also at 4th, where pretty much every team has somewhere in their top 5, either Ravens, Saints, Patriots, and then one of those two NFC West teams, either the Seahawks or the Niners. And I do agree, you can put them pretty much in any order with the teams like the Packers or the Vikings or the Chiefs, not all that far behind. Love, love right now for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is putting on a show. Uh, He is the MVP frontrunner in a lot of people's minds. He's not necessarily there for me yet. He's still number two for me. But 
keep winning games against quality opponents. Certainly they have the Rams this week, so that'll be interesting to see. For those of us who can't be at the Superdome this weekend, we're all in for a treat because CBS is sending in their A-team. We get Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Yes, Tony Romo. Talk about a guy who I wasn't necessarily high on when he was a player. In fact, I was one of the ones who used to make fun of Tony Romo. But, man, he's a great analyst. I love listening to Tony Romo. So I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this team and their matchup against Christian McCaffrey and that Panthers team, which I mean, we'll all be getting into this week in preparation for a key divisional matchup. Some additional notes from around the league. There was a report that came out a couple weeks ago that Robert Kraft really just wanted Gronk back for the stretch run, which I believe a lot of people had that thought too, was that Gronk was going to come back for the last couple weeks of the season and then be on the team for their big playoff run where they are a favorite to make the Super Bowl yet again. However, Gronk says... Never say never, but definitely not this year. Not in 2019. Do you believe him? Yeah, hard to say. Speaking of the Patriots, Antonio Brown decided to apologize to Robert Kraft for creating some drama, which he created a lot of drama throughout the entire season. I only bring this up because it was one of those eye-raising things. Like, is somebody telling AB to post these apologies so that maybe there could be a Patriot reunion? No. But could there be? No. But possibly could he end up somewhere else? No. Maybe. Maybe he does. Speaking of the Panthers game, the Panthers owner said that they won't stand long-term mediocrity for much longer was that a shot across the bow at ron rivera is ron rivera all of a sudden really on the hot seat well certainly isn't going to be looking good for him if the panthers come out looking like they did against atlanta where kyle allen was looking like he could be a long-term starting quarterback option for carolina but lose like that play like that you're not going to be a starter for much longer And if you're Kyle Allen, you're looking at that Saints defense and like, oh man, I got that pass rush, I got those run stoppers, and I have that secondary to contend with. Could be a long night, but we will get into that more this week. I keep jumping the gun, but I have to stop doing that. And with that, I'll be back with you on Thursday. We are going to be talking about the injury report, looking ahead a little bit more to that Carolina game. We'll be having a Carolina Saints preview episode coming out at the end of the week. So look out for that. Once again, another great win. We should all be proud. We should all be impressed. But we're on to Carolina now. So who dat? Talk to you on Thursday. Bye.